take a few more moments to just reverence our King. Out of your own mouths, let's reverence our King. Father, we bless your name, Lord. We honor your name. Father, we love you, Lord. You are so great. You are great. You are great, Lord. You are love, and you love us so much. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, we honor you tonight, Father. Yes, yes. We bow before you, Lord. How majestic you are, how beautiful you are. Your plans are yes and amen. Your plans for us are great, Lord. Help us to walk in those plans, Lord. Give us strength to walk out the plans and purposes that you have placed in each one of our hearts, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to fulfill the call. Big or small, Lord God, there's no call that's big or small. Father, as long as we fulfill what you have called us to do on this earth. Oh, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. Well, if you're visiting Linked Up Church for the very first time, I'm not Pastor Gregory. I'm standing in his stand tonight. My name is Minister George Houston. And so I have a word for you tonight. Before you're seated, please greet your neighbor and ask them how they're doing. Ask them where they're, where they're from, because almost nobody here is from Atlanta. Ask them where they grow up. Get to know them a little bit. Fellowship is good for us. Fellowship is good for us. Amen. Amen. I just want to uh, acknowledge a few people before I get started. First of all, I want to acknowledge you for pressing your way on a Thursday night. Give yourself a pat on the back. Thank God for getting you here safe and sound. Amen. Also want to acknowledge, I think sometimes we as ministers, we don't always acknowledge some of the people that helped us get to where we are. And, you know, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas, and I, the first church I ever was a part of was called God's Words and Deliverance. It was a progressive church, holiness church, female pastor. Thank God for her, Pastor Betty Crowder. And then after that, my family moved over to East Texas and got a chance to witness a true prophet at work. Saw people raised from the dead. As kids, we didn't believe it. And then we saw it, and we were like, we are not messing with that dude again. We're not going to play with him like that. That church was called Faith Tabernacle in uh, Tyler, Texas. Um, and then I had a chance to move to Atlanta. I started going to Faith Christian Center. And I, thank you. I thank God for the people that saw something in me there. One of the guys was Pastor Johnson, Ernest Johnson. I was just a volunteer. He was like, hey, man, you're going to be a part of the ministry room. And he just pulled me in, and I couldn't say no, really. And then at the time, the ministry room, we used to wear suits and stuff. I didn't have a whole bunch of suits that were Atlanta-appropriate. I had a whole bunch of East Texas-appropriate suits. Lavender, teal. That's what we wore then. Back then, we made sure our shirt color matched our sock color. 
So if we had on a white shirt, we had white socks with our teal suits. Pray for me. But thank God for people like Evangelist Heard as well. She poured into my life. Then, of course, my wife and I, we went to Ramah 2006-2008. Saw some of you all there who were going to ORU at the time. So I just thank God for all those people. And thankfully now, I thank God for Pastor Gregory for giving me this opportunity, to, this opportunity to, to minister to you all. And I believe I have a word for you tonight. So I want you all to do this. Stand up for me. Everyone stand up. And if I say something that describes you, then you can sit down, okay? If you grew up in the city, no matter what city you grew up in, you may sit down. If you grew up in a small town, you may sit down. If you went to church a lot growing up, you may sit down. And if you're still standing, you may sit down. (laughs) She might have missed it. No matter what our background is, no matter how we came to know Jesus, we all are tasked with something to do after we've come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are all given a task by Jesus to develop. All right? So none of us know instinctively how to do right because you could have grown up in a household where everyone did wrong. You could have grown up in, even if everyone in your household did the right thing, like me, my mom, I shouldn't say that like that. We grew up in the church, quote unquote in the church, but that doesn't mean I know everything to do what's right and wrong. So I am given a task to make sure that I develop and to grow progressively to be more and more, not like Pastor Gregory, not like Pastor Trish, but to be more and more like Jesus. Everyone say this, say I have been given a task to develop. No one else has the responsibility to develop me but me. Some of us, unfortunately, have the idea that it's Pastor Gregory or the minister's responsibility to develop you. And thank God for great, Pastor Gregory and Pastor Trish, they're great pastors. They love you all deeply. Deeply. To the point where even if someone tells them a lie, they will believe you until they can prove it wrong. They love you that much. I'm looking at Minister Vinny because we've been in some situations where people, <laughs> he said, well, I put him in there. Oh, okay. They love you deeply, but yet and still, they're not responsible for your development. All right? So, turn with me to, uh, what do I want to go? Mm. John chapter 15, verse 7. Let's start there. I have not given a title yet. I love linked up church. I thank God for the people. I thank God for the freedom to just be me. One thing that's, a, that's an issue within the body of Christ is ministers competing against each other. Look, I can only be George Houston. I love you all a lot. I may not display that love like other people, but I love you a lot. Where did I say go? John chapter 15? All right, let me get there myself, and I'll give a title in just a moment. John chapter 15. I bow before the king. Great job by the praise and worship team. Did not really want to leave that song. It was so good. 
All right. John chapter 15, verse 7 says, if you, say your name right there, say your name, if abide in me and me being Jesus, abide in God, and God's words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. All right, everyone see it on the screen. Let's read it together. One, two, three, read. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Everyone say, I'll take that. But notice, though, there is a quantifier in there. What is the quantifier? What is it that God is asking us to do? Right. He's asking us to abide in him. But tell me, based on all of our various backgrounds, how can we all abide in God based on growing up in the hood or growing up in the country, based on two-parent households, one-parent households, some of us may have been adopted. How can we know how to abide in God? Oh, yeah, yeah. Prayer time, by understanding the word of God. All those things are right. This is the part where we have to take on the task of development. All of us, no matter where we come from, if we want to live in this scripture, which I want to live in this scripture, I want to be able to pray things and those things happen. Amen? So do you. That's why you became a believer, right? But it's important that we understand that, yes, even though, and I, I love the grace message for this, and, and one thing about the body of Christ, we, can't, we have to remember to, to stay right down the middle of the road. Let's not get into works on one side. Everything is all about my works. The other side is everything by Jesus. Let's stay right in the middle. And, and that it's important that, yes, once we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we are going to heaven. Absolutely. But my, all of us may not abide. Ask yourself. Say, self Am I abiding in God? How, how do I do that anyway? Say, how do I do that anyway? All right, I'm going to tell you. How do you abide? All right, the title of my sermon tonight is Think. T-H-I-N-K. If I get a better one between now and later, I'll change it later. Praise God. Think. Actually, I got another one already. All right, um, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Abiding in God. Ephesians chapter 6. Actually, I'm going to change that. Tell mm. me to Proverbs chapter 23. One thing I'm noticing within the body of Christ, and I'm going to read the scripture first and then I'll tell you. Proverbs chapter 23. Most of you all have an electronic device like me, so it's not, it doesn't take a long time to turn there. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Part A. I want you all to say it, read it like this. For as I think in my heart, so am I. All right. So here's what I'm going to get to today. We're going to talk a lot about this. Thinking. What are you thinking about? Day in and day out, that is the rain. Thank God for the rain. Uh, hopefully none of you all will get raindrops on you because there are some wet spots in here. What you think about on a daily basis is what you will say, which will become what you will do. One of our Rayman instructors called it TSD. Think, think, say, do. Everyone say this. What I think about, I will say. 
What I say, I will do. Let me give you an example. My wife just walked in. Before I, before I approached her, I thought about the game I was going to spit to her. I'm not saying I was a player because I was not. I'm a nerd, and I know I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd. I know I'm a nerd. You all need nerds in your life on a daily basis. All right. Uh, nerds make the world go round. So, but when I, before I approached her, I, before I could even think about marrying her and dating her, I thought about what I was going to say to her. I thought about it, I said it, and then I did it. How many of you, you all may have gotten involved in relationships you may not have been involved in, but all of that started with a thought. I remember when Facebook first came out, one of the things that was told to everyone is a lot of old high school girlfriends and boyfriends re-hooked up. <laughs> but they re-hooked up because they started inboxing each other. They started thinking about their first love. They thought it they said it, and then they did it. Right? All right. Some of y'all, even though you know that that car note, that car was too expensive for your budget, but you couldn't help but think about you in that ride. What would I look like in this Chrysler, whatever, 300, whatever your favorite car is? And you thought about it. Or this Acura. You thought about it and thought about it. And then you paid off one credit card. You're like, I'm ready now, Lord. <laughs> you thought about it, right? Then you called your girlfriend. Girl, I'm thinking about buying a car. And then she, and then she said, what kind? What color? Why is our girlfriends, why, why don't they ask us, can you afford it? <laughs> So we thought it, we went to take it on the, t- once, you, once you're in a dealership, it's over, really. Once you're in a dealership, most of us don't have that kind of willpower to walk back out. And then they give you that sheet of paper that gives you the note, and you're like, man, that, that, that 60 months, what about a 72 month? Can I, can, I, can I make it 84 months? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, how do I get God's words in me? I have to change what I think about. You have to change what you think about. To develop as a believer, and last week Pastor Crosser did, a, did an excellent job of talking about trenching. And it, it was that sermon that got me thinking about, and I was going back in. I mean, when I first became born again, I spent a lot of time confessing certain things. Reading Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 2, I would say a man confessing. Oh, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what we just read. Ephesians. wish I had my other Bible. This is one of the first group of scriptures I began to say and read and confess over my life. 
Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 says, and this is Paul, it's one of the prayers that he's praying, and I, I'll read it for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto George Houston. Say your name. I say it again, y'all not ready. So, everywhere it says you, I want you to say your name, all right? I'll stop and point. All right, let's go slower. 117. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of understanding, being enlightened, that, that may know what is the hope of and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power too. Who believe? I began to read and confess this, but I put my name in there because I had to change the way I thought. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter. Why did my Bible just do that? Um, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 2. What happened here? changing the way you think. We are tasked with developing. Um, Give me one second. There we go. All right, Ephesians chapter 2. There's another one I used to read all the time. Just want to kind of lay it on you this way. All right, another one. Mm. Let's go to Ephesians 3, actually. I'm going to read 1 and 3. All right, once again, wherever it says you, I'm going to point, you all say your name. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto, come on, say your name, that he would grant unto, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened by might in spirit, in in your inner man, that Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, that being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge that you, say your name, might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he gives his promise at the end. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we may ask or notice he says, think there according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, it is important that we take time to read and think and ponder about what God's word says. Without that, all we're doing is hearing on a daily basis what the world wants us to hear about. You know, especially during, during election season, it's interesting to me, you can have the same event happen, and one, uh, one station can report it this way, and one station can report it the opposite way. But it's interesting, though, that's how God and the devil are. What do I mean by that? Oh. God has told us that he would never leave us, nor forsake us. You all know it. Well, then why is it then when trouble comes, you have to decide which side of the story you're going to believe when trouble comes? If God said he will never leave me nor forsake me, I can have one or two thoughts. Oh, God just left me. When trouble comes, right? If trouble comes, what are you thinking about? God loves me. Oh, Lord, what did I do wrong? But he told us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So a man thinks, so is he. So let me ask you a question. What have you been thinking about yourself? 
what are you confessing about yourself? Are you saying this? Oh, woe's me. I'll never get ahead. Lord, every time I see me take one step forward, I take three steps back. Lord, where, are you saying this? Lord, where are you? Are you saying no one loves me? I'm out here all by myself. What are you thinking about yourself? God's word is true. His word, oh, oh, here's another good one. I love this one right here. I never get married. I don't look good. I need to do this. I need to do that. I don't have enough money. Instead of confessing what God's word says. I'll give you a story from my own life. There have been times in my life where I've dealt with situations where I didn't think I was good enough. Even in corporate America, you can, I've been hired in situations and, where I was put into authority. I was hired to be a manager. But one thing I noticed, though, and you all have seen this in your own life, if your manager doesn't think that they're the boss, if your manager doesn't think that they are equipped to do it, they'll end up following the lead of someone that's on their team. Even though they've been placed in authority on the team. Even though I was placed in authority, there were times where I had to fight against, you know what, I am good enough for this position. But if I was to think I'm not good enough, I don't have the equipment to get this job done, what's going to happen? I'm going to do less work. Same thing in relationships. If you think, oh, Lord, can I say that? We we know when this person is not the right dude or not the right girl. You, You already know it. But if you think, I'll never find no one else. <laughs> or even if you think this one, I don't, this is a, a Kate little sacred cow, that God only created one guy for me. Or God only created one girl for me in his whole wide world is only one for me. Really? <laughs> Show me that in scripture. <laughs> so if I let this one go, I can't ever find another. Are you thinking that? Or are you thinking this? Man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And I'm somebody's good thing. Thing. Yeah, I said it like that. Thing. (laughs) Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. What have you been thinking about yourself? Is it positive? Or is it negative? Turn with me to Ephesians chapter chapter 6. Oh, we're close by. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6. So a man thinketh, so is he. So a man, of course, a man or woman, thinketh, so is he. Ephesians chapter 6. This is interesting. As I was studying this, the Holy Spirit showed this to me. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Therefore, wherefore, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand. That'll preach right there, man. I'm telling you right there. And we've all heard many sermons right next to you. <laughs> Stand. No. Stand. Therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet, helmet, helmet of salvation. Let's stop at helmet. What does a helmet do? Protects your head. 
And so as I was studying this, Holy Spirit gave me this example. He was like, George, I, I have caused you all to have the helmet of salvation because I want your thoughts to be only based upon my salvation package. Oh, y'all missed a chance right there to say hallelujah. Listen, the salvation package is not just fire insurance. Okay, let's take a step back because I can see my people, people not getting it. When God says in John 3, 16, that if God so loved the world, right, you shall be saved. That word saved there means sozo, which is the, the salvation package. And in that word saved there, we have, all, we have access to all the blessings. Amen? You all following me? All right. So the helmet of salvation, what God is saying there is, listen, this helmet is meant to protect you from thoughts and ideas and ways that are not like God. Meaning, if a thought comes to your head that's opposite of the salvation package, you got to cast that thought down, man. The helmet is meant to protect your thoughts. Remember, if you let that thought get in, get in your head, get in your heart, you're going to do it. <laughs> One of my jobs I had, I was writing software programs for, for banks. And this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And one of the software companies I was, software packages I was writing, we were creating ACH files. Anyone know what ACH file is? Any banking people? All right. L- let me explain. You know, when your company has payroll, right, and then they direct deposit that payroll into your account, but not just you, but all of your coworkers, so maybe maybe sometime 20, 30, maybe 1,000 checks. What that bank does is there's a file that has 1,000 account numbers and amounts on it. And they send it from your job to the bank. What the bank does is it reads it and then deposits that money in your account. All right, where am I going with this? I was writing the program that was writing this file. So one day I was real upset at work. I was kind of bitter. And this thought came to my head, George, why don't you just put your name <laughs> and your account and a dollar amount in there and send it to the bank. Now, because I was writing a program, I knew all the flags I'd have to make sure i jump through. And, and then I knew that typically banks only check this every couple. I, I knew all those things. So one day I was, real, I, I was wrong, y'all. I was wrong. But I thought through the whole process of creating that file, sending it, how I could transfer the money to some offshore accounts before they found out who it was. I had thought through all of that. White collar crime, white, white clock, white collar crime. But I had to shake myself, really. I had to shake my, I had thought through it all. If I had not shook myself, I'm, I'm, can I be honest? It would, I, I, I wouldn't be preaching tonight. <laughs> I'd be in Bermuda somewhere, <laughs> South America, the only Negro. Yeah, some, somewhere that, that they, they will not send you back to the U.S. They will not extra. So, well, come on. Y'all have been the same way. Let me give you an example you can relate to. Music. All music elicits an emotional response because it takes you back mentally to where you were. I'm going to keep it 100. 
There's a song out right now. Uh, some, no, I can't even use that example. because Last time I used a, a worldly song, somebody talked to me afterwards, and they were trying to find who wrote the song. And <laughs> that was not the purpose of the song. Example. Last night, I was in a, I'll use a, a Christian example so y'all won't get mad at me. Um, last night, I was in a church office, and the, the, uh, the praise team, they were, re, they were rehearsing a song. I'm a big fan of Hillsong. And uh, the two years I was in, in, in Oklahoma uh, is really where I got introduced to Hillsong, going to a church in Tulsa. And they were singing one of those songs, and it just took me back, immediately it took me back mentally to 2007 where I was in Oklahoma when I heard that song and the experience I had in the church. And it, all, it, it, it brought me almost to tears. I had an emotional response because I thought about where I was in that moment, right? Some of us, <laughs> when we hear certain songs, it takes us back to when we were doing wrong. And if we don't arrest that thought, we will begin to do what we used to do. You know, maybe you didn't have a black book. I didn't have one either. But I had a black... uh, (laughs) I'm not going to say it like that. If you don't watch who you're around and what you listen to, it's so easy to fall back into what you came out of. All because of your thought life. And so, where was I going with that? Oh, I know where. So it's important that we put new thoughts in our heads and new experiences from God's word. This is why small groups are so important and getting together because not only does it create fellowship, it creates fresh and new memories around God's word that causes us to be around God's words, God's word even more. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, think, say, do. So the helmet of salvation means if any dart, any thought comes to your head that's not like what God's word says about you in his salvation package, you must get rid of it. For example, my body is hurting right now. Lord, will you ever heal me? You got to cast that one out and say, Lord, I thank you. I'm walking in health. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. To think about something means to ponder. So much to get here. Some of us, we just have a plan on a daily basis. I'm going to spend five minutes with you, Lord. I'm going to spend five minutes with your word, and I'm going to go about my day. Thank you for that. Ten minutes is better than no minutes. But somehow throughout the day, you got to think some more about what God's word says about you. Come on. How many of us, I'm going to give the opposite example, thought about how much wrong we were going to do, and then we did it. After we thought about it. One of my favorite rappers, his name was Andy Minio, And he has a song, he talks about in his song how he used to spend his time and money to get dressed just to get undressed. Y'all catch that? (laughs) Some of y'all were like that too. You know. You work during the week. You figured out you're going to go to Club 21, whatever, 24-7, whatever. In Smyrna, it used to be called Club, what was that club called? I can't even think of the name anymore. Um, it's closed now. With all of that, to think about doing evil, 
But yeah, we only want to spend a few minutes with God. That won't cause us to abide. The key is, can you abide in God? He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. All right, so going back to where we are, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Listen, even Jesus gave us examples of what we should and should not think about. Turn with me to Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. Real quick. Doing well. Anyone getting anything out of this tonight? Jeremiah chapter 29. <laughs> Think about these things. Jeremiah 29. Is that what I said? <clears throat> this is so good. Listen, you are not here for some unknown reason. You have a calling, you have a purpose. And so one of the biggest things that Satan deals with Christians about is this scripture right here. It says, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think, this is God, thinking about us. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Say your name again. Say the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Listen, don't buy the world's Don't buy the world's package. There is an enemy out here. You all know that. And so everything that happens to us, it is not because God did it. God tells us that he has an expected end for us. Say, God has an expected end for me. God is thinking thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me an expected end. Are you catching it? Tell me the chapter, um, Acts 26. Acts chapter 26. Some of you all, and sometimes this is even me, <clears throat> as I mentioned before, there have been times where I've dealt with situations where I didn't think I was good enough. And, and sometimes when you're going, to, going through situations like that, you're looking for everyone else around you to give you a compliment or to help build you up. I know if I call my girl or my boy, he's going to tell me something positive. If I clean my car, I want to make sure someone gives me a compliment about my car. If I go buy this dress from, from I don't even know what he's, what's even popular dresses anymore. But if I go down to the mall, uh, my, I love shopping for my wife, and I love to go to, like, White House Black Market, um, some, a couple other places that I like to shop for her. But sometimes we may be putting all that on just to get a compliment. But... It's important that we do what this scripture says here. Um, and I set it all up just to press the wrong button to go out of it. <laughs> uh, yes, verse 1. Vince, 26.1. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. Verse 2. Says, I think myself happy. I want to read the rest of it. I just want to think about that. If I can think myself happy, I can also think myself sad. 
Anyone familiar with the placebo effect? Let me explain what the placebo effect is. What the, in, in medical science, what they've observed is when they're um, doing tests with certain pills or new medicine, they'll, give, they'll like get 100 people, for example, and then they'll give 100 people the actual medicine. Oh, I'm sorry. They'll give maybe 25 of them the actual medicine. They'll give the other 25 a pill that has nothing in it, but they think they're getting the medicine, and they'll, they'll give the other 50 nothing. And what medical science has observed and documented is the people that get nothing in the pill, but they think it's the medicine, recover just as well as the people that actually get the medicine. Why? Because they think they're getting the medicine. And their thought life triggers their body to cause a healing to come. Don't believe Satan's words. He is a liar and the king of lies. But listen, medical science has also observed this. Um, I was reading another article talking about uh, people from China. Um, there is a, a Chinese proverb that says for certain people in China born in a certain couple weeks or in a month, then their life is going to, basically they are doomed to, to, to live a short life. And what they observe through medical science and through surveys is the, close, the more of those people that was born in that month that believed in that Chinese proverb, the more of them died early because they believed that they were doomed to die early. What, what are you believing about your own life? Do you believe that you are above only and not beneath? Do you believe that you are a world conqueror? Do you believe that with God on your side, nothing is impossible? Do you believe that God is the king of kings? Or are you believing in, well, I'm brown-skinned, and I can't do this. We were oppressed for, I'm just giving you examples. We were oppressed for this many years, therefore I can't overcome. Or I'm a minority, I come from this country, I come from this country, I can't. Are you believing that, or are you believing what the word of God says? As you think, so are you. Um, I, I'm currently working with some interns. And it's interesting, I have two, both of these guys are, are seniors in high school. They're doing some classes in high school and some classes in college. And one of them is real confident. And it's interesting, this dude is so confident, even though he doesn't know a lot, he carries himself as if he knows everything. And so what happens is because he believes in, him, in himself that he knows everything, and when he comes into contact with other people, oh, that dude right there, man, he knows everything. Even though he don't know nothing. <laughs> Listen, your confidence should be based on not your family heritage, but your family heritage. Once again, remember, Jeremiah 29, for God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of an expected end. Listen, you have a bright future, man. The question is, can you get that into your heart? Can you use the helmet of salvation to ward off all these other thoughts? You know, this is political season, and, and can, I, can I be honest with you? No matter who's president, your life isn't going to change all that much. Unless you 
cause it to change. Whether we're going to make history with the first female president or make history with the craziest president. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was not trying to be, I'm sorry. I I wanted to listen to the laugh out of you all and I got it. All right. So, but listen, for me and my house, look, come on, come on. For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what's going on, I live in Cobb County. No matter what's going on at the county, in Ackworth, which is where I live, me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to base our future and our children's future on what the Word of God says. <laughs> oh, man. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I believe I'm walking in my future that's based upon God's promises. Touch your other neighbor and say, neighbor, when I look at you, I see victory. When I look at you, I don't see you. I see the God in you. (laughs) Come on, come on. Stand on your feet. Grab someone behind you and say, neighbor, I am not skin and bones, but I am a speaking spirit. So I speak to my future now. I will accomplish everything that God has laid out for me. Hallelujah. All right, one more scripture. Philippians chapter 4. Oh, I got another one. Grab another neighbor. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I don't know if I'm going to read another scripture now. It's coming. Say, neighbor, you are not defeated. You are undefeated. Why? Because you are. Attached to the biggest, the baddest man slash God in this universe. So you can't fail. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Philippians chapter 4. Glory to God. Paul said, I think myself happy. So why should we ever walk around defeated? Think about that. I know, and this is why the media, we can't watch the media and let it control us. Amen. This is why. Because if, if we let anyone but God control our, oh my, control our emotions, we're missing it. As much as I love my wife, I can't let her control my emotions. Amen. This, is, and this is the deep part about marriage. Because there might be times where you might be down and low. You might be looking for your spouse when really you should be looking for the man upstairs. As much as my wife loves me and I love her, she doesn't understand everything about me because I'm a guy. And she's a girl. And I, guys, raise your hand with me and say, I don't understand women. If you think you do, totally, I'll use your word. Okay, I'll give a qualifier. You don't. Al, stop laughing. (laughs) But Paul said this, I think myself happy. That's a key point. Y'all can come, Emmanuel. That's a key point because I think about how many times, and and we as ministers, we pray for you all, and when y'all come up, we pray for you all 
so don't think about this negatively, but there's so many times where we see victory upon your life and all you all see is negativity. And then, we, and then our part as ministers is we help to pull you along until you get a chance to see it for yourself. But, baby, we see victory. As I look around this room, I see victory all over the place. Amen? So he said, I think myself happy. Can I help you out? When you feel like you're down, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. The Bible says that we're to pray in the Spirit, building ourselves up on our most holy faith. If you need to call someone, fine, call them. But if they're not there, you need to find your two or three favorite scriptures and just be on those. Or find your favorite song that's based on the Bible and get whatever you got to do to help change what's coming in there. He said, I think myself happy. Philippians chapter 4, last scripture for tonight. Hallelujah. If I can play softly, man, that would be helpful. So I want to make sure I finished up with this. Thank you all for being such good listeners. Where I derived this sermon from is I just did a word study on the word think. And if you do a word study on the word think, you will find all of these scriptures and much more. In 25, 30, whatever, 40 minutes, I won't have a chance to give all the scriptures. But I want to finish with this one. It says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. As believers... We are charged from God to develop spiritually. And I want to encourage you to take time to put God's thoughts in your head. Let those thoughts get into your heart by repeating them, by quoting them, by reciting them. Think on those things and watch God take you from level to level to level to level. Now, the Bible also tells us that rain falls on the just as well as the unjust. So you'll never hear us say here at LinkedIn Church that you'll never run into any problems. But baby, listen, God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's promised you that he'll walk with you and even carry you through every storm. And that he's not leaving it there. He says, remember, the first scripture we read was, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Praise God. All heads bowed, all eyes closed in prayer. I know typically we have a room full of believers on a Thursday night, but let's all do this. Let's make, right right now with all of our eyes closed, let's make a commitment to God tonight to take more ownership to to place God's thoughts and God's word in our our heart. One of the evangelists that I like, she likes to say this, put your hand on your heart right now. Everyone put your hand on your heart. Still all, all eyes closed. 
make this confession. Say, Lord, I make a commitment tonight to put your word in my heart at a different level than what I had just yesterday. Father, help me to think only those things that you would want me to think about. Father, give me the strength and wisdom to cast down those thoughts that are not like you. So right now, if there's anyone in the room who does not know Jesus, listen, I want to pray for you tonight. You've heard us do many confessions tonight. We talked about how, how good our God is. But listen, if you're not a part of his family, you don't have access to those promises. So I encourage you tonight, if you don't know who God is, if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart, it's really simple. We can take care of that tonight. And that's the only one I'll give tonight.